the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so Big day for the Irish Americans, Irish Americans who were the first slaves in America, had a hard time. They really did. And now look at them. They are suffering in so many of the Democrat areas, and they're ruled over by Irish gangsters like in Chicago. So when I celebrate today, I celebrate the good people of Irish descent, not the gangsters, not the short in the pants mafia, not led by Mike Madigan or Ed Burke or any of their simpleton offspring. Or stupid looks on their face. I don't celebrate any of the Bidens. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppo. You are stupid. Yes, you are stupid. You're very stupid. And you're corrupt and you're crooked. And so is Mike Madigan. And so is Ed Burke. And so many other Irish mafia members. But we're not going to focus on them. We're going to focus on the good people of Ireland. However, I must say, this guy doesn't look Irish to me. How do you say his name? Varicker? He looks... Varadkar? I don't know. That's not Irish. It's definitely not O'Malley. O'Connor. O'Shanahan. No, no, no. And it turns out he's uh, there to celebrate the fact that he's gay. And he's promoting gay marriage. And he's got the um, vice president, who ironically isn't gay. She's just easy. And she's hosting the dinner. It was a big day in the White House. And Joe Biden was very, very excited about it, as you can hear here. Um, welcome. Good to have you back in the Oval Office. You know Especially on St. Patrick's Day, and uh, it's a it's a big day uh, in uh, our grandparents' household, our household. Big day here. Sounds great, doesn't he, Squirrel? Like a man with control of everything. He sounds. He enunciates strong, virile, masculine. Joe Biden, who sounds a little bit weaker than Jimmy Carter does right now. And I know a bigger day home. Thank you very much. And uh, you know there is a. Uh, Yates' race about, you know, uh, I think there's the most, I mean, there's where a man's most glory begins and ends is before it has such friends. Even great time. I'm wondering, the Democrat scourge that are in the mafia, I understand why they vote. Really, I do. The kind of money that's getting sloshed around is ridiculous. $5 trillion in, uh, in deficit spending under Joe Biden's re- regime that nobody wants to talk about and they believe the Cook numbers. But when I hear this feeble fascist, when I see him humiliate the memory of all of the soldiers that fought and died for freedom as I see him enact atrocities on our liberties that wouldn't be tolerated in any generation. I often wonder what the never-Trumpers scum think. The never-Trumpers that are on MSNBC that I'm watching here in Studio Xanadu, like Stephen Hayes, who had the audacity to comment on Chicago's election. You see, the fact is, these never-Trumpers scourge, they're the ones that are truly diabolical in our system 
because they knew that Joe Biden was a corrupt political whore for 50 years. They knew it all. And they said, I really buy and supported this kind of corruption. And then you focus on exactly what is the corruption and how it's being ignored. My favorite part is that he simply isn't answering anything that isn't scripted anymore. That's not true. He's answered It's not. I hear you guys. I hear you guys. Look, the two plus two is something that is done in coordination with the country that is visiting. That is not something that is unilateral. See, because the reporters were told not to ask questions to. So the reporters are starting to get sick and tired of it. So they ask the affirmative action idiot, who is the spokesman for the short-in-the-pants Irish idiot, pretending to be president, the election-stealing Joe Biden. And um, she continues to put lipstick on the pig that is the Joe Biden administration. Really decided, decided that is something that is in discussion with the other country. I was asked about the two plus two. I was also I also was adding that uh, there is an opportunity where press will be in the room with the two leaders. Uh, I cannot speak to if who's going to take questions or who's not going to take questions. The reality is he's unable to answer questions because he doesn't have a grasp of exactly what it is. He was told that today was St. Patrick's Day and he was given a script to read. And that's why he speaks like this. Great friend of the United States and uh, Ireland uh, and the United States share friendship long, long traditions. And then he falls back on what got him through all the mafia neighborhoods that it, that vote for him, all of the mafia strongholds of the Democrat Party. And that is, you just get a little gitchy. We expect you to be stupid. Now just get a little gitchy. Tell us a joke or a story or something, will you, dummy? And, uh, I don't know. I guess you do know coming here as many times you have. How many Americans look forward to St. Patrick's Day? Uh, one of the uh, millions of Americans of Irish heritage. We have a joke. Uh, that I used to be Here it comes, the world. Strap in. Here's the joke. The hill. As he said, we fight all the friends of Ireland, all the Irish That went over like his economic policy. It's it's pathetic and disgraceful. So it ends. And then the, uh, the Irish prime minister skips over for lunch to celebrate gay marriage. And here is uh, Joe Biden fielding questions. And I wish I could tell you that he got up and exited the room, but he can't. So he just sat there looking like a scarecrow with a stupid look on his face. And what they were going to ask him about is something that happened today that is really kind of shocking. There was a warrant issued for Vladimir Putin's arrest by, uh, by an organization that, if it really did exist, wouldn't it be arresting all the American presidents? Today, 17th of March 2023, the International Criminal Court has issued two warrants of arrest in the Ukraine situation for Vladimir Putin, President of the Russian Federation, and for Maria Lvovabelova, Commissioner of the Russian President for Children's Rights. For the now, that's funny because um, the International Criminal Court, you didn't issue any warrants for anybody's arrest. Well, the oligarchs in Ukraine, through three administrations, were involved in a civil war where they were killing their own people. You didn't issue jack, not one arrest warrant, for the Nazi who was just killed, who bragged about how he fed the bones of Russian-speaking Ukrainians 
to his dogs. You didn't issue any warrants for anybody in the Azov Battalion or the Tornado Battalion. You didn't issue any warrants for any atrocity in the last, what, 30 years? How about just the American atrocities? Shouldn't you be issuing a warrant for Barack? He likes big butts and he cannot lie, who I also believe is Irish, if I'm not mistaken. In October 2015, The Intercept, an online publication devoted to reporting on whistleblowers like Edward Snowden, released a series entitled The Drone Papers. These were reportedly based on documents given to The Intercept by an intelligence agency whistleblower. Within them is a detailed examination of how the United States has used its drone program to assassinate suspected terrorists overseas with disastrous consequences. So what exactly do the drone papers reveal? Well, the drone strike program was originally instituted under George W. Bush during the War on Terror. However, the Obama administration significantly increased the total number of drone strikes, particularly in Pakistan and Yemen. According to Obama, these strikes have been used exclusively against terrorists and with fewer civilian casualties than in missile strikes. But the most recent reports from the drone papers actually suggest that an overwhelming majority of deaths have indeed been civilian. In Afghanistan, a study found that pilotless drone strikes caused 10 times as many civilian deaths as did piloted planes. In fact, The Intercept found that out of 200 people killed in airstrikes, only 35 were the intended targets. The drone strikes are responsible for 90% of the mayhem, the death that they caused. 90% were innocent women, children, and non-combatants. 90. Yemen. Syria. How many in Africa? How many in the Middle East? And you're issuing warrants for Vladimir Putin. I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to issue warrants for people who kill innocent people? I'm all in. Somebody get it cuffs on old man Bush. W. And then the other one we could dig up and throw him in the center of Mannheim Road. What do you say? I think there's been in the past legitimate criticism uh, that the, the architecture, the legal architecture uh, around the use of drone strikes uh, or other kinetic strikes wasn't as precise as it should have been, and there's no... Did they issue any criminal charges for the Americans or the Ukrainians or whatever whatever mercenaries are fighting that war who killed the people in Poland? Did, uh, what is it called, the International Criminal Court? I'd like to know what this costs us every year, because you know they're not paying for jack. We're funding these bureaucrat morons, propagandists. I doubt that uh, civilians were killed that shouldn't have been. Uh, I think that over the last several years, we have worked very hard to avoid and prevent those kinds of uh, tragedies from taking place. Do you know what the number is? Because don't feel bad if you don't. Nobody knows what the number is. Since 2001, that American drones have killed innocent people. I know it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're the good guy. We're fighting for democracy. We don't have it here as we have an election thief pretending to be president. But we're fighting for it abroad. And borders, strong borders. How are our borders here? The Intercept also discovered that the U.S. followed a policy of identifying those killed by drone strikes as enemies until there was overwhelming proof that they were civilians. This method of concealing civilian deaths through omission was based on labeling all unidentified military-aged males as enemies killed in action. The way drone is... Just do what you do with the economy. Just make it up. Cover your ass. It sounds like a Yellen report. 
U.S. President Barack Obama, meanwhile, has admitted for the first time that drones are regularly striking Taliban and al-Qaeda targets in Pakistan's tribal areas. The unmanned aircraft have been blamed for killing civilians as well as Taliban fighters. But in an interview... We'll never know the hundreds of thousands of people that were killed for the last 20 years. You know, the wars we don't want to talk about. How about the wars we're still in? We occupy a third of Syria. What do you think they're doing there? Nothing? Do you think they're playing hopscotch? Why are there over 10,000 troops in Africa? What do you think they're doing there? Nothing? This is about regime change. Because what they don't want to get out is the truth. The truth of exactly what we're doing there. And then when all else fails, just make a joke. Jonas Brothers are here. They're out there somewhere. Sasha and Malia are huge fans. But uh, boys don't get any ideas. I have two words for you. Predator drones. You will never see it coming. You think I'm joking? No, I think you are a joke. I think you are a war criminal. Just like George W. Bush is. Just like Joe Robinette Biden is and his crack-smoking horse son. And the entire fracking government. But I like the fact that you have your propagandists running cover for you alleged war crimes of deportation of children from Ukrainian-occupied territories into the Russian Federation. It is forbidden by international law for occupied powers to transfer civilians from the territory they live in. Pay attention, Squirrel. You're listening to a European whore. Now, normally it costs you $300 to have them lie to you. This you get for free. To other territories. Children enjoy special protection under the Geneva Convention. Oh, oh, oh. Not the ones in the Middle East, not the ones in Africa, not the ones in the nine hotspots where this Democrat mafia is killing people every second. You don't fool me for one second, European whore, or the American ones. I know what you are. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. But dumb, I'm smart, and I want respect. You get no respect here, Biden, and the rest of you mafia members. 312-642-5600. Show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. 120 billion dollars. Where is it? Who did it go to? And in the meantime... You want me to celebrate your actions, your atrocities, and pretend that we're the good guys? The wife of a Ukrainian politician has been caught allegedly smuggling $28 million and 1.3 million euros in cash. Yeah. <clears throat> Happy St. Patrick's Day. Now let's celebrate the baby-murdering Irish Catholic Joe Biden. Ooh. George in Naperville. Sean, George M. Cohan, an Irishman, gave our doughboys in World War I and many others songs that filled their hearts with love for their country. James Cagney, an Irishman, portrayed him in Yankee Doodle Dandy. Happy mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day. Thank you very much. This is why I don't ever celebrate, like, uh, the five families in New York or Murder, Inc., and then wrap an Italian flag around them or anything else. It's uh, about time we stop letting these, these gangsters hide in plain sight, like Mike Madigan, like Ed Burke. He was big. He had the Irish Rolex with the green face. He didn't earn it. 
He stole the money. Crooked bastard with his pocket full of Viagra. How's he doing? What about his kid? I hope I bump into him down here. I really do. Mitchell in Desplaines. Hey, Sean, do you remember the story about Gary Powers who got shot down on the U-2 uh, plane doing spy work over, you know, to get information on what's going on with the, um, you know, the, um, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis? Oh, you're talking long time ago, right, kid? Yeah. Well, it had to happen. The reason why, because uh, Oswald, when he was in Russia, he was part of the, uh, the CIA and what I call the intelligence of naval intelligence, and uh, they were part of a false defector program. It was Oswald the Marine Oswald, that gave the codes to the Russians to shoot down Gary Powers, okay? And this whole episode where Russia took down that drone, this is nothing more than theater. I mean, the reality of it all is The whole is thing that, is it, theater, it, and it's to cover up another sad fact. The yeah. sanctions that were put in the name of this war are sanctions on the American people. The Russian economy is far better than ours, far better than Germany's, far better than Great Britain's. And in the meantime, all you've done is misappropriate Hundreds of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars, and you backed the wrong horse. Yeah, you did, because I know who these guys really are. The Prime Minister of Finland, Sanna Marin, has been slammed online for attending the funeral of the leader of the infamous right sector terrorist and ultra-nationalist movement in Ukraine. A Nazi, like so many others. Tom in Blue Island. Hey, Sean Ditto's buddy. Sean, why is it we can occupy a third of Syria, as you say, have all these troops in Africa, but this crooked SOB couldn't just hold on to one airport with all our 80-whatever billion dollars worth of war equipment in Afghanistan? That doesn't even mention the 13 Americans that got murdered. Tom, do you, do you, do you realize how many people we've killed in Yemen and we don't even talk about it? Not to mention... We've been doing this for 40 years. We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. Wait a minute, tell that ICC guy. You killed 500,000 kids, Madeleine Albright said it's worth it. Dig her ass up and throw her on Mannheim Road, too. Rat. Cream Puff, Jim. Put the sandwich down. I know it's payday. Cream Puff, Jim, are you there? Oh, yeah. I, yes, Here. I'm just thinking, just thinking, you know, the largest group of Mensa on the earth are concentrated in Ireland. But my hero, <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. You said Mensa, it's true. right? Mensa, yeah, it'd be over 160, 160 yeah, IQ. Explain one species of potato but, 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 that almost killed anyway, the entire anyway, plate. Anyway, planted my one hero, species. Yeah, but my hero, my hero was uh, uh, Michael Towns, but it's Mick Towns of the Irish. He he engineered the freedom of Ireland after that many years, let's say 800 years. He shot enough Anglo's through the skull yeah. to get to get him to the table and free Ireland. But let me tell you a little story. Right. Some of the Irish, young assassins for the Irish would say, well, they felt terrible. They'd pray before they go and kill the, the, the uh, Anglo's. Oh, yeah, very religious. But, but anyway, they kill him. Before they kill him. But they, they'd stop at the bar and say, I had to go to confession. Father Moriarty, I shot two guys last night. Father Moriarty would say, 
Three Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. Yeah. God love the Irish. That's all I have to say. I'm from Melrose Park. What was that fat uh, communist whore's name that you celebrated in Chicago? What's her name? Mama Cass? What's her name? No, Mama somebody. Who? You celebrate that? The Union. The union. Oh, oh, who had 50? She was on the 50-pound note for 50 years in Ireland? What's her name? I can't think of her name, but she was on the 50-pound note in Ireland for now, years. Now, did you work was, out with a, her? Well, I worked out with any Irishman. That's for sure. Yeah, you got an elbow <laughs> going Irishman. with the car. I understand. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We'll be back. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. All of this could have been avoided. It really, honestly, it really should have been avoided. We have a usurper in chief, a dimwit in diapers, somebody who couldn't get a job in any company in this country. There isn't one small business or large business or medium business that would hire this idiot. Not one. And somehow he's in charge of the policies? Lately, there's a statement that's been out there all over the place. It's a quote from a lot of people. It said, Trump's been right about everything. And if you think about it, I really have. It's my honor to do it, but we have to do something about it. We have to save our country. Thank you very much. We absolutely do. You have to impeach Joe Biden, this stupid son of a dog, what he is doing to our country. I want to thank you on a substantive matter standing together in Ukraine. It's uh, made a great deal speaking out against Russia's brutal aggression and on uh, our deepening economic ties. We have a lot to talk about. That's bribery. Economic ties. We're paying people to support whatever the hell it is we're doing with this oligarch war. We're, we're, it's just, it's, it, it's truly an atrocity. And the idea that we're charging, people are going to charge somebody with war crimes? The contents of the warrants are secret in order to protect victims. The ICC attaches great importance to the protection of victims, especially children. We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. Well, why aren't you charging America with that same crime? Because we pay you. We own you. You're our hooker. Now get on the table and pull a Kamala Harris. Come on. Rats. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks so much for taking my call. Anytime, buddy. Day in and day out, you come out here, you basically expose and explain all this rotten stuff that's going on with this Biden regime and these leftists and, and that. And we catch a little bit of, you know, that's why you got such a good following, because we catch a little bit at a time. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I was thinking about it. I listened up. Here's what they're doing to our country. I mean, they destroyed our elections, our sta- the status of our border, our economy the condition of our military, our medical system, our safety protection agencies, our judicial system, our Department of Justice, our federal law enforcement, our Department of Education, our government bodies, everything. Our country is gut shot because of these rotten, rotten, rat, leftist rats. And they just, it's all these politicians are all in on it, somehow uh, making themselves rich, and they're destroying this place, every single facet of it. You know, it's funny. How can't they make themselves rich? 
How can't they make themselves rich? It's truly astonishing when you think about just the money. Yeah, what, what they've done is they've done a $4.7 trillion increase in taxes and then say that's not enough because we're still not going to be able to cover all the additional spending. Just to give you a side-by-side on this, four years ago, before COVID happened, our total budget was $4.4 trillion. They're recommending next year $6.8 trillion in additional $4.7 trillion in new taxes. This is a giant tax and spend. This is a dramatic increase in government. Uh, This is a focus from this administration that only if you gave us more power and more tax dollars, then we could solve it. And as Bill Cassidy mentioned yesterday, the $4.7 trillion doesn't do anything to stabilize Social Security. Somehow the administration just skipped that part and said, yes. we're not going to do any of these $4.7 trillion for Social Security, which has insolvency in nine years. They just ignored that part. Now, one thing Senator Lankford forgot, how, how, what do you mean nine years? There's no co- account now. It's just the tax that gets thrown in the fund. That's a whole other argument. But that's the weapon that the Democrat mafia likes because it can invoke emotion. We're going we're gonna to steal the money from you. You've been stealing the money all along, gypsies. Frank, Arlington Heights, tell me about this fat, homely woman communist that she is. Oh, yeah. Well, I just wanted to give you some perspective on it. And, and also to mention that, you know, the Republican Party is not going to become a majority party until they can become a party that appeals to the working class. And, and they, they, they're trying, but they don't yet. And, until, you know, until I, I, the problem I have with it, it's a, it's a party that you have to bite your lip and support anyway for the last 70 years. Well, right. So, right, no. right. But just want to give you some history on, on Mary Harris. I mean, because I'm sympathetic to her, to her because, I mean, she was born, I think, in like the late 1830s. And in, in the 1860s, she was living here in Chicago. And then her husband and all four of her kids died yeah. from yellow fever, I think it was. Right. And, you know, that's got to be really depressing and, and horrifying. Terrible, to but and still that, no reason you know, to you know, transition into a communist. She made, she made something of her, well, yeah, well, I don't know if she was a communist, but she, you know, she made something of herself. She looked out for other people, um, you know, fought for the, the, the mine workers. And, and, you know, that was a lot more horrifying to be a, a mine worker back then with, with sure. all of the, you know, and, and, you know, I don't think she was a communist, though. I mean. Well, the people who took her name certainly are. Mother Jones, the paper, sure. became Absolutely. A, a, an Absolutely. asset of the Southside Chicago Olinskys, and they ran with it. Yeah. And they may have, they may have used her uh, for that, but now they hide under her. So that's why I sure. like to and, expose it. Because they're, they're, yeah. they they like to build these Trojan horses of virtue, and in the meantime, what oh, yeah. they're covering up are the o- uh, O'Hare Airport scandals and scams and golden geese of corruption. And then we pretend that ah, what are you going to do? They're just Irish guys. I don't care what nationality they are. They're a mafia, and they need to be exposed. Well, and we need to kick their teeth in. But go ahead. Yeah. One more thing. Um, there's a nice monument to her down in Mount Olive. If you're ever on the way down to uh, St. Louis. Right yeah. off of I-55, and it's just just a historical type of thing. I mean, so Frank, I love I mean, it, but can you tell me one thing? Where's my yeah, Christopher? Wanna... Where's my Christopher? Yeah, where's, where's Columbus? So, what do you say we tip over the old bag and put Christopher back in? Thank you very much, Frank. I appreciate the lesson, and you're probably 100 percent right, as you are a teacher, a good one, very rare. Roger, Southside. Hey, buddy. Hey. I know you don't want to talk about this. No, I got the story. Go ahead. I got it. I know. Do you believe that the socialist, communist, Oh, we got lost him. What he wanted to say is that Chewy Garcia, through his his support behind Brandon Johnson, Chewy Garcia, the, the support that he had 
was from the organized labor extortion mafias anyway. And he voted for, he threw his support behind uh, Brandon Johnson. He didn't have to. The unions will stick together. And I still don't know why we call him Chewy Garcia and not Chewy Lightfoot. I don't, never understood why we didn't call her Chewy. It seemed like a missed opportunity to me. Lawrence Logan Square. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, Chicago, man, it's going to the pigeons. It's going to the flying rats. People are talking about the politicians that are rats. Yeah. Well, they got the pigeons, you know, carrying their bags of cash. Alderman Rohde, and he's retired, but he still sits out in the uh, bench and still waiting for the bag of cash coming from those corrupt Democrats. Yeah. And furthermore, the tough guys that talk about how tough they are, when it came to the Columbus statue, what happened to them? I yeah. was out there. Everybody else disappeared. So did yeah. the statue. You know so what the I, you fact know, reality is, what are these two all, uh, people running for mayor? What are they going to do about the pigeon problem? The kids are out there playing soccer with the yeah. pigeons. There's so many of them. They're just kicking them down the street like well, they're playing soccer. Lawrence, you got to take it all easy. Maybe the, the pigeons can teach the kids how to read because God knows the Chicago Teachers Union can. 312-642-5600. <laughs> I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. Oh, here's a good Irish fan. I had the Bono jackets, bro. You don't even know what that is. Did they turn the river from khaki to green? <laughs> Talk about wasting money. It's already green. It's filthy. Dave and Barrington. Hey, Sean. Couldn't let you get away with a couple of good, perhaps good jokes uh, here on St. Patty's Day. They can't so be worse than Biden's. For... That's for sure. Well, okay. Get, get the get the button ready for the drum splash. So okay. what do uh, leprechauns Relax on outside. What do leprechauns relax on outside? Go ahead. Patio furniture, my man. All right, and why wouldn't you ever lend any money to a leprechaun? Why don't you lend money to a leprechaun? Because he'll just put it in his campaign coffer. Go ahead. No, because when it comes time for payment, they're always a little short. Oh, okay, come on. Where's the drum splash? They were and, there. Uh, they we were there. Excellent, excellent. Well, look, we, can, we can't forget uh, about the best leprechaun of all, Mr. Mike Bedigan today, without saying something a little bit about him. He's got the but Lucky Charm Mafia. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> He's like turned it. into the most ugliest leprechaun ever. So, did you ever know the name Madigan in Irish means a girl, little dog? Oh, I thought it Maybe meant I you stole your heard. money. I thought it meant I stole your money and I ruined your city. In the meantime, Dave, we're going to give you a break for any of the bad jokes. You live in Barrington and you pay ridiculous property taxes. Kevin in Austin, Texas. Hi, Sean. I'm going to wish you a preemptive uh, Happy St. Joseph Day uh, for, for <laughs> your you Italian blood. Yeah. I hope you put a little bean in your... Uh... My wife sent me a shirt. It's, it, it, it says, uh, i I, I got to look at it, but it, it's, it's similar to that. But go ahead. So I hope you, uh, I hope you put a bean in her purse for uh, prosperity, and then I'm going to appeal to your uh, Scotch Irish blood and uh, wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day. And then I just want to comment on one of your guys who said that uh, the GOP has to, uh, for them to be successful, is to appeal to 
blue-collar people, but the thing is they're not going to appeal to blue-collar people until blue-collar people become precinct chairs. I got a secret for you. I I think they do (laughs) appeal. I think they do. I think this is all a propaganda lie. Listen, I I mean, I got to tell you, I'm next to a a bar right now, a biker bar. Studio Xanadu is next to a biker bar. And they're all contractors, motorcycle guys. There's not a one of them that's a six-figure guy. Every single one of them huge Trump supporter because they understand what their life was. They under Reagan, they understand what it was under Trump and they're living what it is now through the, the leprechaun lucky charm mafia. They understand the the difference. Yeah. The policies that Trump implemented definitely appealed to them, but on a state level to have those policies appeal to those people is seriously the blue collar people. I I like that you're having to fight, but these mafia Democrat mafia states, have incorporated the Republicans in those states in the mafia. You're wasting time, brother. We don't waste time here. I'm never going to tell you something, give you that right. Oh, if you just fight back. I know Vallis will turn the city around. Get the hell out of here. You want the Daily Mafia or you want the Lightfoot Mafia? You want the Marxist Mafia or the Daily Mafia? That's the choice as far as I see it. And history proves me right. Time in and time out. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how are you doing tonight? Excellent. How are you? What I wanted to say is uh, that uh, st- stupidity in the Kamala Harris family doesn't fall far from the tree because uh, the so-called second uh, gentleman. Second gentleman, the connect- 54th person that, uh, oh, never mind, go ahead. He's trying to, he's trying to connect uh, the same hate speech that the Nazi used in the, uh, before the Holocaust to the, uh, parents at the school board meetings i mean you know that's that's ridiculous you think here's the thing we're men we're men of character we're people of character do you give a rip what anybody with such low standards to marry the town tramp kamala harris thinks about anything i don't care what this idiot thinks about anything and i want to know how he gets to taste the urinal cake out of his mouth my god see what i did you go too far squirrel you go too far you're sick you got all kinds of problems She's great at killing jobs. She kills jobs by the thousands. You know, another New Jersey problem. Where did Amazon take their jobs? They took them away from her. That's Kevin O'Leary. Now on St. Patrick's Day, I like to hear Kevin O'Leary, who is clearly Irish. She threatened to sue them if they created jobs. I mean, this is a reality. This is a reality. that There's a little more to it, but let's... They lose jobs. They destroy cities. They're called the Democrats. And anybody who works for a living, unless they're in on the scheme and the payoff, they don't support them. I never bought that for any second. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest is somebody I've been lucky enough to talk to before. Truly a a story of what totalitarian governments do to individuals, really, is the best way to sum up 
this story. For 50 years, his family had a publishing business. 50 years. The government decided, ah, I think I want that business. And they went to war with him. He's got a new book out. The new book is called Deep Six Diaries. He is Gordon Knight. Gordon, thank you for joining me. How are you? Very well, Sean. Great to be back with you. Now, you are from, as what's known in the White House, Canada. And in (laughs) Canada, there seems to be a lot of controversy going on. I know you've been in exile, basically, um, since they took on your family business. Has there been any progress in that case? In Canada, things move very slowly, Sean. Uh, and courts in particular move, you know, there are glaciers that move faster than courts up there. So the quick answer is no. Uh, you're right. I did flee the country. I am still down here. I have applied for political asylum. But, you know, thanks to the chaos on the southern border in the United States, even my application for asylum is taking a long time. Just to give you an idea of what long time looks like, right now, a six-month extension on a business visa is taking 48 months to process. So nothing is getting done quickly, Sean. We're, welcome to bureaucracy. Oh, this is good. And, and you know what? It gives the government every excuse to lock you up one day and we'll never hear from you again. So I hope you have your sneakers on. And uh, in the meantime, you did write a book, Deep Six Diaries. Give me a little insight. Sure. Deep Six Diaries. Uh, it is a book about government corruption in the United States as well as in Canada. It's not just a Canadian issue. I happen to be from Canada. You mentioned in the intro, uh, Sean, that the Canadian government decided to launch its own publications in competition with mine. And you're right that that was the sort of the proximal issue that got this whole horrible thing going. But in reality, they really weren't hitting me because I was a book competitor. I'm too small for that. I'm a very small business. Really, what they were ticked off at me over was that I was defending myself. In the eyes of a bureaucrat, uh, you know, they are going to win because of who they are. You know, they're right by identity. And it really wasn't my place as a little peasant to deny them what they wanted, which in my case was a massive royalty for the right to refer to the rule of law in our publications. You see, it's kind of like um, uh, if you think of a, a schoolyard bully trying to get little kids lunch money. The one kid that refuses to pay is the one the bully will pick on the most. Because all the other kids are watching to see if the bully has power. And if that bully wants to keep the racket going of getting everybody's lunch money, he's got to crush the one person who's defending himself most effectively. And right now, that's me. A lot of other companies are being under shakedown in Canada and the U.S. And they're watching to see if this bully has power. This is the story of Deep Six Diaries. What happened over the course of 11 years in trying to defend myself and my family and my small business. What it takes, really, if you're the little guy being targeted by the deep state. You know, Sean, there's, uh, we all know about the big boys, right? The Donald Trumps and the General Flynn's and all that. But without the profile, you've got to be a lot more wily to start, try to survive it that long. Well, you know, it's interesting. I have the benefit of meeting people from Canada. I, I live in South Florida, and I was just having this conversation with somebody about a month ago over dinner, and he was a Canadian, but he's of Italian descent. So we had a lot in common, and I said, oh, you know, how long do you stay? And he had told me, well, I can't stay more than a certain amount of time. And I said, what do you mean you can't? He said, oh, no, I can't stay. I have to go back to Canada. And I think so many Americans have no idea. They have this romantic idea that Canada is like America light, only they have better free stuff. The reality is (laughs) you don't have a lot of free stuff. You don't even have the freedom of speech is to speak against the government in the way we do, do you? No, it's not. It's not North America or United States light. It's more like North Korea light. Uh, 
He's right that he has to go back. In fact, colloquially in Canada, it's referred to as circling the pole. When you've got business in the U.S., you can only be down for so long, then you have to, you're obligated to go back up to Canada, or you start imperiling everything from your health care coverage to your, right down to your taxes, to whether you get audited, the whole thing. It's all sort of linked together, governments working together on it. You don't have a lot of free speech, Sean. And, you know, when I released Deep Six Diaries back in the fall, the government was very upset about that, of course, because it exposes things they're not, you know, they're not all unhappy about. So the first thing they wanted to do was shut down my freedom of speech in that book, and they managed to ban it. They did that, Sean, from Canada. They did that in the U.S. The civil services of both countries worked together on this sort of thing. They actually informed the banks in the United States that I was guilty of money laundering, which is a little bit ridiculous. I don't do anything remotely like that. But the fact is, when you get the money laundering charge, you're instantly shut down from all credit card transactions, so you can't sell books. This is a way of banning my book. Then they reached into my corporate accounts in the United States and withdrew in two, in two installments, they withdrew $50,000 to deny me the legal or the financial means to fight them in court over the money laundering charge. And then I tried selling on Amazon and they told Amazon that my book written by me with my name on the cover is actually a counterfeit. Somehow I'm counterfeiting my own product. And that was enough of a charge to get Amazon to pull the book from listings. Now I, I can inform your listeners that, we actually have got the book back up on Amazon. Deep Six Diaries is there as of this week. But for most of, well, just shy of three months, it was fully banned all across the country. That is the government approach to free speech. Do you know what's uh, enlightening in your story? Is Although it's a, it's a travesty, what happened to you, as so many of these things are. But it shows you the capability of the government once they target an enemy, yet they never seem to target the enemy that is doing the most destruction to the people. I don't ever hear these stories coming from gang leaders of street gangs that are distributing yeah. fentanyl. I don't hear of any of this happening to any of the oligarchs abroad that are funding the corruption here in America to the Democrat mafia. I don't think this has happened to one person or business partner who has given the crack smoking connoisseur son of our president. It's kind of <laughs> astonishing. So in other words, this could happen to you because you wrote a book that they didn't like. But if you kill 138,000 Americans with fentanyl, the Sinaloa cartel is flush with cash. That seems to be interesting, doesn't it? It does, and it's exactly back from what it's supposed to be. But the fact is, John, that picking on the little guys me that are actually law-abiding citizens is a heck of a lot easier than picking on the cartels because the cartels have guns, and they're good at using them. And so it's just a lower-risk option to go after the little guy. Our schoolyard bully analogy the bully isn't going to risk his own life taking on somebody who's three grades higher than him. He's going to pick on somebody who's three grades, grades lower because they're easier to pick on. Their lunch money can be taken with low risk. And that's why increasingly people are going through similar things than I am. You know, I mentioned General Flynn a moment ago, but for every big name like that, there are thousands of Americans being targeted by the same deep state in the same way. They just, you never hear about them. They don't have the profile. So when you hear of a, of a scallywag story like the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank, who sat on the board of, of San Francisco Fed, and they cash out, they insider trade, they pump and dump, and then they fly off to Hawaii to live in their $9 million estate as if they were Tom Selleck and Magnum P.I. Uh, if the government wanted to, they could shut that scoundrel's life down instantaneously, couldn't they? They absolutely could. The problem is the government has been taking money from scallywags like him for too long. 
you know, what do you do when the government is implicit or complicit in these various activities to some degree, right? Mm. The fact is they're not going to take that kind of risk either. In the matter how we cut it, the more money you've got in society, the more influence you've got, the more dangerous you become to be anyone that wants to take you on. It's much cheaper. It's much less risky to target the little guy. I mean, I'm just thinking about the Ukrainian oligarch's wife who was caught in Europe with 30 million in cash. In her. I mean, it's just, you know, when you talk to you and you see the scope of the the reach of a totalitarian collectivist government and yeah. you see the corruption in it and then you realize all of the places they're not implementing it. It's because it truly is exactly what I accuse it to be. It is an oligarch run society, is it not? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It is. In fact, I'd go one step further than that, Sean. I'd say we're heading in the direction, if we're not there already, of a form of neo-feudalism, where we have a, an elite, a small number of people, really, that have most of the money, most of the influence, most of the control, and most critically, they control the structures of government, right down to election systems, in order to perpetuate their power, their rule, their influence. All the rest of us, you know, we're expected to be happy to the peasants. If we step out of line, like I did by refusing a protection payment, well, that's when the, use, the power of state is used against us to correct the little guy. We're heading to a new neo-feudalism as an environment. Oh, I couldn't agree more. In fact, there's an author of a book that I had on that, that, that points this out. And this is the problem when you have a government-run society. And this was yep. always my, um, you know, my, what I witnessed in Canada and in all of the programs that are pointed to by American government supremacists who call for that same kind of uh, governing here, I, they have no idea of the reality of it. And has there been any update into what happened to the thousands of truckers that had their money seized? What, how much of the information of Canadian abuse just isn't reported here in the States? Oh, a heck of a lot. In fact, I'd say almost all of it. I happen to, there's a good friend of mine in Canada right now who was one of the people who had uh, their bank account frozen not, not seized, but frozen, because they made a $20 donation to the trucker. And uh, I don't know, it was, what, two years later, uh, it's still frozen, all right? And the reason it's still frozen isn't because of government orders, at least not officially, it's because of all the difficulty the bank has to go through to release it. Now, you can take that for what, you, what it's worth, I guess. Yeah. But the fact is the punishment continues long after they've announced the punishment has ended. We hear almost nothing about this in the United States, and Sean, you're even really in some parts of Canada, because unlike in the U.S., Canada, the country of Canada directly subsidizes most of the media. So all the radio shows, all anything that beyond a small time blog gets some kind of government subsidy. And it's decided who gets what and how much by the civil service. So who wants to bite the hand that feeds? I'm curious to know, in your opinion, and it's just my observation, I couldn't your business of what you actually published was yeah. information regarding to electronics in wiring in all kinds of uh, laws and all kinds of realities of electrical systems. Do you think mm -hmm. that maybe the reason you were targeted was that the government wants to change the way people get their electricity? And do you think that maybe they needed to eliminate the information that shows you don't need government and their new eco-Nazi regime and this new... Uh, carbon nonsense. Do you think maybe that's why they wanted to kind of remove the competition? I mean, there has to be an alternative reason other than money. Uh, uh, the government is in control of it anyway in Canada. Do you think maybe it's the actual information you were giving in the in the manuals? 
You know, I hear your argument, and I think that that, that sort of dovetails in nicely with so many other of the aspects that we're seeing across the country these days. But in my particular case, you know, Sean, I don't think so. Uh, okay. I've met with these people over and over and over in negotiations, and I, I don't think I'm, I'm being a bit blunt about this, but I don't think these guys are quite of the intellectual caliber to do something that nefarious. I think it's a lot more superficial than that. They just wanted a bunch of cash. They were getting cash in back schemes all over the place. Uh, I'll give you a ballpark here. They're getting $90 million, $90 million annually on pay-to-play alone, and that's just one government agency that's doing it in Canada, where we've got roughly one-tenth the population of the United States. So this is the kind of lucrative gig that they're trying to maintain. I just don't think they're thinking beyond that. Civil I like that because it's true. You the know, best and the brightest. I, I'm from Chicago, and I have friends of mine that were in multiple businesses, and I would be uh, a supporter in one way or another. And it's funny to watch the aldermen at that, in that time. I used to call them the 50 Thieves. And they would come on and I'd be like, oh, boy, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be terrible. These guys are going to lean on us and we're going to be. And ultimately, they were just um, two-bit thugs that wanted small money um, donations. Yeah. And if they were lawyers, then they wanted you to put their law firm on a retainer and uh, pretend uh-huh. to be lawyers. So it, it's true. They're really not that sophisticated, not that smart. And they're not that expensive. Did you ever think about just giving them what they want? And here's your five thousand dollars, who are now you know have your wife come over and give me a lap dance. See, that's how I approached it when I dealt with it. I'm wondering if you ever were were close to making that call and just say, "Here you go, scumbag. Here's your envelope." Yes, I was, and I, I'm sort of ashamed to say it, but it, it's the truth. The fact is, when they came after me, Sean, they, they targeted me personally. They targeted my company, and they also were targeting my elderly father, who was at that point in his eighties very retired, nothing to do with it. They were targeting him as a sort of extortionate move. Right? We're going to keep hurting him until you give us what we want, that kind of line. And so to save him, uh, honestly, I would sign a royalty agreement, even though it's, it's unethical, just to save the guy in the last years. The problem was that when the, what they demanded for royalty was mathematically impossible. And this is what I come back to earlier. I don't think these guys are very bright. Our, the royalty they wanted on a large engineering book that we published, it was about 1,000 pages, it's only for engineers, and it cost $127, right? Mm-hmm. What they demanded for a royalty on a $127 book was $133. <laughs> now, this isn't possible. You okay? lose $6 you, a book. Yeah. I know. Well, it's just ridiculous. It's so, but you know, the fact is they're civil servants. They've never really worked in the real world. Most of them are lifers. And when you talk to them about this, their response was, well, just trip your prices. But no. it, look, a real person, a business person listening to this show right now, know full well, if you triple your pricing overnight, you're out of business overnight. But the average civil servant doesn't connect with that. And so, you know, yes, I thought about uh, just paying the thing, but it's mathematically impossible. Couldn't Gordon, you have Chicagoans are a big part of my audience and Chicagoans know how it really works. What happens yeah. is you just you triple your price and then the government becomes your customer and you give them a third kickback. <laughs> it's kind of like what we're doing in Ukraine. It's why the toilet seats cost eight thousand dollars. But in the meantime, Gordon, what you are is an example of a man of character. And what you are, are speaking and what you embody is the Americanism that we're giving away, even though you, uh, you were born in Canada. You are, the, and you are the example of Americanism doesn't have to be just here in America. It's about the acceptance and the appreciation of the individual enlightenment, and you are yeah. a blessing to us. So I, I, I wish you the best of luck, and if you ever need a place in South Florida, you give me a call. I'll put yeah. you up. And I love fighting bullies. Ask anybody in my old neighborhood, which is Italian, and my name is Sean. 
I won the fight, and I ended up dating their sister and sometimes their mother. That's before I got married. In the meantime, Gordon Knight, thank you very much for coming on the show and for putting up the fight. Really, thank you. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Can I get with Friday, payday, and St. Paddy's Day. You better be driving a Mack truck. Stay off the roads. And if you're in Chicago, Serpentine, 312-642-5600. Well, St. Paddy's Day was being celebrated in the White House with the Saint pa- or the Irish uh, Prime Minister, who I cannot believe is Italian. Um, there were hearings going on in the Capitol. And... In honor of the Irish Catholic pro-abortion election stealing dimwit and diapers, some call president. His state of Delaware is very similar to the state of Illinois, run by the Democrat mafia, infiltrated by the labor extortion mafia unions, and a hub of corruption. The entire state was basically turned into a vestibule of protection through an LLC scam. That's what primarily generates the money there. It isn't the Fisker plant, which was built for $484 million and sold to a Chinese investor for $18 million. That's just more of the proof of what I say. There was a governor whose name is Tom Carper. He's a smarmy Democrat roach. And uh, after he was done be- being governor, he became senator. I believe he even holds Joe Biden's seat. Well, he had the Dutch boy, Janet Yellen, and what is normally called the grill as you put her on to expose her incompetence and corruption. When Democrats question Janet Yellen, it's quite different. Oh, it's a lot of fluffing, a lot of rubbing, a lot of lipstick on the pig, which is what I believe the process of getting Janet Yellen ready for appearances is called. How is the Treasury Department working to increase awareness of these new clean energy incentives and make it as easy as possible for taxpayers to understand their eligibility for these credits? Now, you know what he means when he says clean energy credits, right? He's talking about forcing you or bribing you to participate in their boondoggle and their scam of eco-Nazism and all of their stuff that you would never buy if you weren't forced to or given a benefit. And that's going to lead to another clip I have. That's an important question. And let me just say that this is a very top priority for Treasury and our Office of um, Tax Policy. Um, there are enormous uh, benefits here for um, households um, and for clean energy. We need- now, is it me, Squirrel, or does she sound like the male senator and he sounds like the female fed head? We need to write numerous regulations to implement the IRA programs from prevailing wage and apprenticeships to electric vehicles um, and advanced electric. Uh, now, when she says it's St. Patty's Day, we better clarify. When she says IRA, she means the Inflation Reduction Act, the one that took two trillion dollars and is now a, a splash fund of corruption, controlled by the Democrat mafia. Energy proje- projects, and we're working very hard on that guidance. And um, when we've devise those regulations, I think they will help to provide clarity that taxpayers need, make sure that the goals of the IRA 
um, are met, and um, we'll need to find ways of uh, publicizing those programs so that uh, taxpayers know what they're eligible for. Um, there are so that's covering the hundreds of millions of dollars that will go out in advertising to let you know that if you buy a f- refrigerator that fits their their uh, little standards, you can apply for your welfare check. Our benefits for investing, for example, in electric. Now this is the whole boondoggle right here. Heat pump- pumps or energy efficient appliances, and um, we'll need to work to make sure that this information is available to households so they can take advantage of these credits. But what happens if you don't take advantage? Anybody ever ask that? Ah, we'll worry about that later. They steal the money is the answer. Now, um, Tom Carper, he sees an opportunity here to really stoke the flames of extortion and intimidation by your own government. Also relating to the IRS, but IRS funding implementation. Another significant accomplishment included in the Inflation Reduction Act was the badly needed investment to revitalize the IRS. And one, in part, to help them provide better service to the people. That- Tom uh, Carper, I'd like the IRS to focus in on your, uh, your Delaware, that in one building has over 6 million LLCs registered to one building. That is where the Biden crime family harbored their over 80 LLCs. Do you think the IRS will look in Delaware? You're going to be calling them, especially as they prepare their tax re- returns. But uh, as, as the chairman uh, mentioned earlier, taxpayers are already uh, reaping the rewards of this funding. And since the passage of the law the IRS has used, I'm told nearly $1 billion to boost taxpayer services, including hiring thousands of workers to help answer phone calls and support walk-in uh, tax clinics. And because of these investments, the IRS, listen, listen to this, this is worth listening to. Um, the IRS is, I'm told, answering uh, 98% of the phone calls from the taxpayers seeking help during this fi- filing season. I have a friend, you ask him how he's doing, he says compared to what? Well, compared to about a year ago, um, that number was not 90%, it was 13%. That's, uh, and that's, uh, so we spent a billion dollars so that the IRS can answer 9 out of 10 phone calls. Hey, dummies, you work for us. What do you mean, I got to give you another billion? We got to hire another 87,000 extortion, extortion Gestapos to answer the frackin' phone, you morons. Not perfect, but it's a, one heck of a lot better than it was. Sure. And we're just getting started, and with the IRS Commissioner Danny Werfel at the helm, my thanks to everybody in this committee who supported his, his confirmation. These investments will... Now, we know from the Barack, he likes big butts and he cannot lie administration, the IRS doesn't really answer the phone. Lois Lerner and the IRS sycophants, assets, apparatchiks of the Democrat mafia, targeted Republicans, targeted anybody that the Democrat mafia points to. That's why a daily has never been audited. How could that be? How could that be? Well, Tom Carper is going to double down on lies. Sure that the IRS can modernize their technology and their workforce to meet the needs of everyday taxpayers while improving the fairness of our tax system. Question is the IRS. Here's a question. Here's a question. I got a question. You know, you're a fast talker from Delaware. I got a question. It turns out that every taxpayer, which is different than citizens, every citizen in this country owes ninety four thousand dollars in taxes when you fund it against the debt. Ninety four thousand. They have to get out of each and every citizen. Yet very few citizens actually pay taxes. When it comes to taxpayers, people with jobs who work, 
and produce and are not on welfare. That is $250,000 that the government has to take from you in order to pay your share of a debt you didn't agree to. You think they're going to answer phones with this money? I mean, is everybody supposed to be stupid? That's why 66 million Americans support a national divorce. You see, there's a lot of us who do not want this arrangement from this corrupt mafia we call a government. I'm one. Are you? Puts this funding to work. How should policymakers like us evaluate the success of these critical investments and what outcomes can the American people expect in the years to come? Please. I know what we can expect because I can think, therefore, I, I am. I see where you're going with your eco-Nazism. So th- think about what he's talking about, and it starts out as benefits. This is all, it's all going to be a benefit to you. And we needed the 87,000 doubling of the IRS at a time where people are not working, at a time where earning is down. Why would you need that many? We're developing, through technology, an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. I know you're working on it because it's not for me to track. It's for you to track. It's for you to track and then tax. That is what the future holds. That's how they're going to pay off the debt. That has been the plan. And where have they developed the technology? Well, first of all, you realize the government was keeping an eye on people during the COVID lockdowns to see if you were a good little slave and you stayed in your area. They were buying the data to track your movement. If you were in Illinois and you were in Florida, you were a bad slave. You're bad. So that's why it was crucially important to move during that time. But where have they really developed all of the technology? I know. One of the big stories that hasn't gone reported at all is the digital transformation of Ukraine. Many people don't know that the Zelensky government has created a laboratory, turned Ukraine into what they call a digital transformation. What is this all about? Dan Cohen just filed this investigation. Director Samantha Power appeared at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, to promote a digital identification smartphone app called DIA. And one of the most incredible things that Ukraine has developed over the last few years is an app called Dia that now delivers 120 services to the people of Ukraine. The Dia Always app about is the a people. central plank in this process. It digitizes and centralizes documents, records, and government and business transactions all into a digital identity. This offers an unprecedented system of surveillance and control. The Dia project is funded primarily by U.S. aid as part of its larger project to implement digital ID systems throughout the world. But TikTok is the problem. TikTok and the Chinese government, they're the problem. They're using it as a spy mechanism. What is our government using as a spy mechanism and what for? Why else would they need all the IRS? So um, a simple metric is um, customer service, um, what fraction of phone Um, calls are answered. um, And you mentioned 13 percent. I promised uh, that this tax filing season with the money from the IRA that would rise to 85%. We've been measuring it, and it varies from week to week. But You think that this man hands cares about if they're answering your phone calls? See, what this idiot knows is that we are in a position right now 
that they have to fund the beast because their goal of raising the rates takes more money. There will be five times the amount of audits, five times the amount of atrocities. You'll pay on money you paid taxes on three and four fracking times. They will not be happy till you're like Red Fox crying in your driveway. And not an IRS agent can sing or dance. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Scott from Chicago was on the line, and he wanted to say, didn't we vote to repeal that? No, 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 Scott. That was a campaign commercial that the Republican Congress did because Joe Robinette Biden, the Catholic who loves abortion, the Irishman, he kind of led to, he told you what he was, what it, any bill will lead to that he doesn't agree with. Well, let me be very clear. If any of these bills make it to my desk, I will veto them. You creepy bastard. You child-sniffing freak. Why were you showering with your daughter? Why are you whispering? I'm not whispering. I see what you are, you rat bastard. And I see what this Janet Yellen is. Once again, we can thank Ron Johnson. You're, you're here testifying for the, about the... Uh president's budget how much are the total deficits over that 10-year period according to the president's budget you don't know that off the top of your head she's um, stupid yeah you know, it's like i'm running out it's 17 trillion dollars okay yeah that's uh, you're going to drive the debt from somewhere around 32 trillion up to about 50 trillion dollars correct yes but what what i believe is the single most important important metric for judging the fiscal stance of the country is real net interest as a share of GDP. No, 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 no. Let me explain what that is, man hands, so that the country knows your entire objective is to make minimum payments on the interest like every bust out right now laid on a car payment. That's what your whole plan is for our economy. There is no intention to pay anything off because that debt is their greatest weapon of control over you. You uh, will get as rich as they let you get. You will keep as much of your money as they let you keep it. Because now they have every excuse. And Manhands is going to double down on this. This is the biggest story of the day. They have no intention but paying the minimum payment. And whenever they need more money, they raise the debt. Your life gets worse. But Caligula for nerds known as Washington, D.C., they keep raking it in. Okay. Have so, so are you concerned when you GDP. when you're taking the debt from 32 to 50 trillion dollars? Are you concerned who's going to buy that debt, and also at what rate they'll expect to be compensated for buying riskier and riskier debt? Are you now before Manhands jumps in? There is no demand. The Federal Reserve is buying the debt. They're reaping the rewards. They're faking the demand. This whole fracking thing is a house of cards, and it's meant to be. Janet Yellen wants it to be, because it doesn't matter. That will always be the weapon against your money. And if you step out of line, like our Canadian friend, then they'll just take your money. That's why they need the 87,000 IRS agents, not to answer the phones. Concerned about that? Well, if the net interest, real net interest cost of the debt remains 
low relative to GDP, and we're on a sustainable fiscal. Well, we're, we're not. Course. We're not. We're not on a well, sustainable I, path. Are you, I, just- the real debt to GDP is at about one hundred and thirty-four percent. This is the biggest story of the fracking day, not St. Patty's Day, and our Irish dimwit with a dirty diaper pretending to be president who stole the office. Senator Cassie was was talking about the president's uh, demagoguery on Social Security, unwillingness to meet to try and save Social Security. Uh, If we do nothing and the Social Security Trust Fund runs out in 2023 to 2025, about the end of the budget period, are you concerned about are we going to have the financial wherewithal to plus up benefits to honor those promises? I mean, you, you think we're going to, with $50 trillion in debt, you know, a debt succeeding uh, our GDP, aren't you concerned about our inability to honor those promises? That's the kind of Irishman you celebrate. Ron Johnson, not this idiot. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I'm- yeah, you are. You're a stupid swindler, and you're not the president. You stole the seat. Now somebody get him out of it. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody... There is a duopoly of corruption at play. What you have in Washington, D.C., 537 political whores. Party affiliation is irrelevant. I have voted for a Republican by default, but I am not a Republican. I see the Republican Party for the corporatist whorehouse that it is. But the Democrats... The Democrats are a Marxist mafia like none other. I remember early on in my radio career, we had a wonderful guy call and said, my mother was a Kennedy Democrat. And I had flippantly said, well, congratulations, she's a Republican today. But the problem really is deeper than that. Too many people identify as a party rather than a principle. How do we get it back? My next guest is trying to get it back. He has started a new social media platform called Walk Away Social. He is Brandon Strock. Brandon, thank you very much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. And you, you even said my last name right. Like I said it you wrong in the true believer. Yeah, I said it wrong. Oh, you did? Teams. Yeah, I got correct. Well, that's okay. That's, yeah. 50 50. But the, the thing is, what you're doing is what I love because there are, there, there are principles that are so corrupted, so bastardized. We are so unmoored from them. We are not going to get back if we keep pretending. This obvious whorehouse, Washington, D.C., is representing us. Uh, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that, you know, we've watched for years and talked about for years the left overtaking so many institutions in our country from entertainment to academia and so many other things. But what I find, I think, most alarming and frightening right now is the left overtaking the criminal justice system. And I can speak firsthand to that from what I've gone through the last couple of years and what's still continuing to happen every single day right now in Washington, D.C. and around the country. So tell me, come on, I want to know. I'm, uh, I want the audience to know your story. Well, I mean, you know, I started the walkaway campaign in 2018 and I, you know, I started a social movement, which 
grew to over half a million people in the original group online and social media that I created it in. But um, then I went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th, where I was asked to be a scheduled speaker uh, at a permitted event on Capitol grounds. And when people started, I started hearing that people were entering the building. You have to understand I was not on the west side of the building, which is the side where people were breaking windows and struggling with police officers and things. But um, I was on the east side of the building. But the, the doors had been open from the east side, so I walked up the steps and I shot a video for eight minutes. Uh, I never walked, I never entered the Capitol on January 6th. I didn't hurt anybody or do any damage or break anything. Uh, never entered the building, and after eight minutes, I turned around and I left. And I uploaded the video that I had shot to Twitter. And two and a half weeks later, the FBI stormed my apartment, got me out of bed, put me in handcuffs, presented me with a search warrant, began stripping my apartment of my computers, my phones, my hard drives, my thumb drives, camera equipment, clothing, uh, took me to jail, put me in 23-hour lockdown in an 8 by 8 cell for two and a half days. Uh, and then I was finally released and found out that the government was charging me with multiple felonies and a misdemeanor. And um, I had to go through absolute hell for an entire year to ultimately end up pleading guilty to one single class B misdemeanor charge in a plea deal. Um, and I'm now treated like a domestic terrorist in my own country. This is an outrage. This is an outrage. But what it really is, is an example of a government coup, a psyop, a government intimidation tactic. And this is why they have charged over, I think it's 950, right? Over 950 Americans. Um, uh, about right. this, this is why they refuse to answer questions as to who is Ray Ops. Were there Trump supporters in the Capitol prior to the breach? Who were those people on the tape? This is why they reject having the 40,000 hours released to the people to make up our own minds. But the reality is the court system has been so corrupted and so tainted, they want the headline of he pled guilty. And I understand what this is. And now they're using the lawyer for Donald Trump uh, Salem host uh, Jenna Ellis as an example when the reality is what she had to pay was a $224 fine and what she admitted to was exaggerating numbers of her allegations not withdrawing them but have you ever seen a, a, an attempt in America have you ever even read about it where the government was so wanted to control the opinion they were willing to unjustly charge nearly a thousand Americans with an actual crime well, no, and you know, they've been saying for you know five, six years now, from the moment Donald Trump, it became clear that he was going to become the Republican nominee in twenty fifteen or sixteen, that um, that the people supporting him are are extremists, uh, bordering domestic terrorists, uh, dangerous. That there's a rising threat of white supremacy and all of these different things, but they've never had any evidence to back it up. Uh, it's always just been this absurd lie that they kept shoving down our throats for years and years and years. And, um, you know, I think that we'll find out in the coming year or two, hopefully, uh, the truth behind who really started and created January 6th. But they really needed this to happen to finally yes. substantiate what they had been saying for years and years because they had no nothing to back it up up until that point. You know, it's a funny thing, Brandon. I um, My own experience made me curious. And what that is, is I was a fill-in host here. And as you can tell, I don't like 
mafia members. I particularly don't like government mafia, the pansies that could fight their way out of a wet paper bag. I have a hard enough time with the actual mafia guys. But the reality is I've been an outspoken critic of the Democrat mafia for decades. And I also throw in a lot of Republicans because I share those same principles that I could tell you share. And often they were principles that the Democrat Party stood for. I'm the true liberal. I don't want to force anybody into doing anything. I believe in the in the the principles of Americanism. I like that whole JFK Kennedy, uh, uh, you know, uh, Democrat philosophy of anti-war and all of the the beliefs of property rights. So I never understood the 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 ultimate balkanization anyway. But Donald Trump encapsulated the real problem because he spent eighty you know eighty percent of his life as a Democrat. He single-handedly has given Chuck Schumer over $2 million in campaign contributions. But him running, I think, really exposed just what a machine it is and how they can't afford an outsider in. And I think they had to crush that. And I think you are a victim of that intimidation by government. I'm wondering, do you see it that way? Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. I mean, I also, you know, I was out not just speaking out, but encouraging other people to walk away from the Democratic Party and I think that I was quite good at it and quite successful at it. I mean, that's we had hundreds of thousands of people who joined our movement. And that was just on Facebook. That doesn't even include the people who spoke up on Twitter and YouTube and, and other social platforms or the people who didn't speak up at all. I mean, a, a good number of people who saw this movement happening, saw what was going on and said, you know what? These people are right. Uh, the Democratic Party doesn't represent me anymore. I, I, I'm not comfortable with what these people have become or what they're doing. And those people, uh, there's an, an enormous sector who didn't even speak out. And I do believe that in 2020, when we saw the, the vote for Donald Trump go from you know, something like 63,000 or 63 million in uh, 2016 to uh, 70, whatever million Four. it was in, uh, thank you, in 2020, and it was likely much greater than that. Um, I think that walkway played a significant role in a, in a good number of those people changing over and voting for Trump. Uh, but yes, that actually absolutely put a big target on my back. And I think that, you know, the government felt the need to punish me for the advocacy and the work that I do. That the government, said, I'm not going to stop. So, well, the government did something really strategic. They had plotted for quite a while to set in motion what would happen, in my opinion. This is my opinion on January 6th. Uh, and I, I say this because being on radio, I was always outspoken. January 6th, I had a, a, a ticket to come to Florida. I had, I had moved to Florida full time. But I had nothing. I didn't tweet anything outrageous. I got on a plane at 530 in the morning. When I got off the plane, my Twitter account had been suspended. I later learned 37,000 Twitter accounts were suspended. Um, this felt to me from the very beginning as the day unfolded. I remember your story and so many others uh, that are very similar to it. This seemed to me like a plan that was set in motion and an operation that was set in motion. Did it feel that way to you at any point during this? You know, it didn't, but I, I, I think that my experience was probably different than a lot of other people's. And, um, you know, I think that everybody's experience on that day was totally different depending on where you were and where you were standing and who you were talking to and what was going on. But I mean, all I knew was that I flew to Washington, D.C. to speak. That was it. I, I was asked to speak at an event and my speaking engagement got derailed because as I was arriving on Capitol grounds, you know, we started hearing that people were going in the building. 
I, to be honest with you, no. I, there was nothing that, to me, felt like uh, something um, that was not spontaneous was going on. Okay. But again, I didn't witness it. I didn't see any of the stuff that was going on. Did on the you other enter side the, the Capitol? Was that a was no, that something? No, 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 no. I didn't. I did not enter the Capitol on January sixth. So, but what was ahead. your crime? I'm hard. To, I, I, what, why? Why did you have to go through this? What What did you do? Well, when I was released from jail, I found out I was facing two felonies and a misdemeanor, and I was being charged with, or I was being threatened with a third felony. So the two felonies they charged me with were one, uh, occupying restricted grounds, not a restricted building, but restricted grounds. So essentially, I got a, it was like a felony trespassing charge, for trespassing on grounds, not the building. Uh, and then a felony of uh, impeding law enforcement, even though I didn't have any engagement with law enforcement at all. And a misdemeanor of disorderly conduct with an intent to disrupt a hearing before Congress. And then they threatened to also add a third felony charge of obstruction of Congress, which carries a maximum of 20 years in prison. Um, So I was potentially facing like 30 plus years in prison on these charges. Um, And I decided to take a misdemeanor plea deal. Brandon, do you know the people that are listening to you are Chicagoans primarily? We're listened to all over, but primarily this is a Chicago drive time show. Today, um, it was reported that we had our 56th victim of somebody who was killed by somebody who had been arrested for a gun charge, a drug dealing charge, and was on ankle bracelet monitoring. And in Chicago, they're caught with guns and drugs and drive-bys. And they're back out on the street in 24 hours. Yet you were charged with Mickey Mouse, trumped up charges, for lack of a better term. Um, and I'm curious to know, what is the support among your friends? Because you were primarily a Democrat supporter. Are your friends as repulsed by this as any Chicagoan is? Or, or are you experiencing polarization and balkanization of party affiliation? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if by friends you mean Democrats. I don't really have any Democrat friends anymore. I mean, but that happened after I started Walkway in 2018. Um, I can tell you that the hatred that I receive uh, on a daily basis is unlike anything I've ever seen before. I mean, I started getting intense hatred just from starting the Walkaway campaign. But being a January 6th defendant is unlike anything I think even any conservative has ever experienced before. I mean, these people, the same people who are so Trump deranged that they're cheering on everything from Russian collusion to Stormy Daniels and everything in between. These people have now been told for two years that there was a violent coup attempt to overthrow the American government and subvert democracy. And it was a domestic terrorist uprising driven by white supremacy uh, by insurrectionists. And I now fall in that category. My class B misdemeanor disorderly conduct charge. Uh, throws me into that group of people that is the violent insurrectionist. And, um, I mean, the the hatred that is leveled to, I mean, I'm talking about scary, frightening levels of hatred. People saying things to me on a daily basis, like the government should have executed me when they got the chance I should be killed, uh, that I need to be thrown out of this country, that I, that I need to be imprisoned for the rest of my life. I mean, it's, it's, it never ends. And, um, and go ahead. I'm shocked by the amount of Americans that are willing to be government supremacists, that are willing to have the government have this kind of power. 
Are you, um, as somebody who started the walkway movement and prior to January 6th, what were the people that were coming to you and attending you, your, your social media platform? What were they primarily, what was their feeling towards you before January 6th? The people who did walk away yes. already? Yes. Oh, I, I think that pe- those people um, had just, a, a, I think, a feeling of understanding and some of them maybe even a feeling of uh, remorse and regret for any hatred they had leveled at me before because now they're like, I totally understand how I'd been lied to and manipulated and brainwashed. And, um, and you know, they, I think that they felt sorry uh, which is fine. I mean, I, I'll forgive anybody who has yeah. an epiphany or has an awakening. That's no problem. Because um, January 6th but, to me was the pivotal point in which the issues went by the wayside. And the issues are something that we support, that we can agree on, whether they are anti-war peace issues, anti-government corruption, anti-military industrial complex, anti-big pharma. But now after January 6th, it has become the perfect pivot point for the Democrat Party to be all of those things that the Republican Party was accused with under the George W. Bush years. And now it seems normal. And and this is shocking to me. Well, right. I mean, but this has been going on for a while. I mean, they accuse other people of being a racist when they're the racist. They accuse other people of being hateful and divisive when they're hateful and divisive. And they, for many years, have accused conservatives and their political opponents of being fascists, authoritarians, totalitarians, Nazis. Uh, and now these are the people who are cheering on uh, the DOJ overreach and people with misdemeanor charges being stormed and raided by the FBI and abducted in the middle of the night and taken away, never to be heard from again. They're the ones who are encouraging billboards around the country that say, turn in your neighbor, turn in your family member, turn in whatever. If you've seen this person called the FBI, snitching on people, ratting on your neighbor, I, I, they love this stuff and, and they're the one and they're doing it and they they believe they feel justified in uh, celebrating all of this because they believe they're fighting fascism and and fighting authoritarianism it's it's illogical when you're in the mix and you're the target of this kind of abuse and you're sitting in the cell and you're having to pay the lawyers what does that do for your future perspective on the country and i i say this as somebody who has come to the conclusion that those people you're describing, those happy, willing slaves and, and mafia members, I think the only conclusion is to separate from them. I don't see us going back to an America where we could coexist because we do not have a common principle or ideology of liberty or freedom or principle of Americanism. And I'm wondering, well, what do you think? It's got to be worse to be you, to be a victim and in the cell and the rest of it. What do you, what do you think? What is your perspective of the future? Well, I, you know, my perspective, I think, is unique uh, from most people in this country. But, yeah, I, I certainly harbor feelings of my own feelings of hatred, frankly, um, and, and feelings of, um, like you just said, how can we ever possibly break bread with one another ever again? Uh, but at the same time, I'm really, really, really angry at conservatives, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched tens of millions of people sit by silently as all of this happened to me is still happening to thousands of other people. Uh, I mean, nobody's really doing anything. And you, I I mean, my God, if the left believes they might lose their right to an abortion 
or or believes that you know the police were too brutal to George Floyd, millions in the streets within minutes from coast to coast and around the world. I mean, we have had seven people commit suicide because of January 6th from being bullied to death by this DOJ. Seven people have taken their own lives, many of them on misdemeanor charges. And we have people who've been sitting in the D.C. prison for over two years uh, in deplorable conditions. People have been beaten senselessly, uh, deprived of civil civil liberties. We can hardly even get anyone to talk about it on the news. Let alone, I, I can't even imagine more than 10 people have ever stepped outside of their house to say something about it or do something about it. So I, I don't know what to think. I mean, I, to be honest with you, part of me just sort of swallows it and moves forward because I still believe in my mission. I still believe in walk away. I still believe in the principle of trying to provide a place for people to go who feel betrayed and abandoned by the Democratic Party. Um, but I don't feel any real warm or fuzzy feeling about any political party at this point. I feel the exact same way, but you have a friend in me, and I want you to know no matter how I, what I can do to support you with your walkawaysocial.com, I mean it. I want to help you in any way. Why don't you tell um, the people what they need to do to support you and how they can? Yeah, so we, I, I started a new social media platform called Walkaway Social, and uh, this is not meant to be the next, Facebook or Truth Social or Getter or Twitter. We're not trying to be the next open source uh, uh, social media platform. This is what I'm calling the world's first social media platform with a mission, with a purpose. It's purpose-driven social media. What we're doing is providing a platform for people to come, sign up, create a profile, and go onto our platform and join groups. Uh, We have a testimonial group. We have state groups. We have discussion groups. But um, Walkaway at its core is a video testimonial campaign. Real people telling real stories about why they're walking away from the Democratic Party or for lifelong conservatives and Republicans, uh, what we call walk with people to also tell their stories about why they support people who are walking away, why people should walk away from the Democratic Party uh, and to share the truth about their, their values. I said for a long time, you know, if more conservatives spoke up and told the truth about how open and, 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 and welcoming and inviting the conservative movement is, I think more people on the left would feel compelled to walk away. They've been lied to for so long about how racist and bigoted the conservative movement is. Uh, so really, it's a video testimonial campaign. People are sharing their stories on walkawaysocial.com. Uh, oh, and we're also available in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store as mobile apps, which are really beautiful and amazing. So I just want to encourage all of your listeners to please load those mobile apps into your phone, whether you're using Android or iPhone or iPad or Android tablets. Um, and you can go on on the web, walkawaysocial.com. Just take 30 seconds to create a profile and then go in and start watching these amazing videos and interact with them, share them, friend people on the community and start talking to people. Join your state groups, join the discussion group. It's it's really an amazing community, unlike anything you'll find on any other social platform. And, um, and I think people are really going to love this. I'm going to check it out myself. I'm going to open a platform, and I really appreciate you making time to come on. He is Brandon Strock, walkawaysocial.com. Thank you, and you're welcome anytime you want to come back. Thank you so much. Appreciate we'll be, it. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer.
answer. Looking back over my years, oh, I guess my I tears. I love this son of a gun. I told myself time and time and time again, this time I'm going to win. But another fight, things ain't right. I'm losing again. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Love him. Thank you, Squirrel. You made my day. You know, as I was talking to Brandon, there is no question in my mind, and thank God for the First Amendment in this country, I know what they did. I paid attention to what they did. And history will vindicate us. I remember watching Bolton. You see, there's a lot of profiteering, policy profiteering that takes place in our government. All you have to do is corrupt 537 individuals. That's it. Every policy, every scheme, every war, all profitable. And they had one little problem. Their war machine was shut off. The businesses were thriving. They didn't need government. Government supremacists were losing face. They were losing cachet. How could they make it stop? January 6th. And I remember when Bolton tipped us off. On Russian energy. And thus to take away from uh, Vladimir Putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing uh, his uh, imperial designs. Uh, That's very significant. And that offers tremendous um, strategic opportunity for, um, for the years to come. But meanwhile, we're determined to do everything we possibly can yeah, uh, to make sure that the consequences of all of this are not borne by citizens in our countries or, for that matter, around the world. I don't know that I agree with you, to be, to be uh, fair, with all due respect. Uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, not here, but, you know, other places. No, no, no. I think you did it here. Correct. In fact, isn't it true that leading up to the 2020 election, Twitter had weekly meetings with not just the FBI, with DOJ, with DHS, with DNI, to conduct this unconstitutional censorship by surrogate? We know that because of the Twitter files, correct? Correct. And it was not just meetings, not just censorship of stories like the Hunter Biden laptop story. We also now know that the FBI paid Twitter over $3.4 million of taxpayer taxpayer funds to censor these stories before the 2020 election. Is that correct? Uh, That money was paid. Twitter confirmed that. Isn't it true, according to the Twitter files, that there were so many FBI officials who then went to work at Twitter that that created their own Slack channel and crib sheet for onboarding? The Twitter files confirm that, correct? Correct. This is the definition of election meddling, and it's the definition of election meddling by the FBI on behalf of Democrats paid for by the U.S. taxpayers. Ta-da! That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And all the questions, all the audits, that some there were enough people to vote for this dimwit in diapers, all by the wayside. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I agree with you, dimwit in diapers. There's no question about it. 81 million people did not vote for Joe Biden. We'll never know because the Democrat mafia stronghold areas that allowed same day voter registration, that never checked the addresses, that practiced in ballot harvesting and all the rest of the scandals all get swept under the January 6th 
insurrection without a weapon. Thousand Americans tried, charged. Thousand Americans. How many had to plead? How many still? Anybody attached to Donald Trump? Anybody that even speaks his name? Lately, there's a statement that's been out there all over the place. It's a quote from a lot of people. It said, Trump's been right about everything. And if you think about it, I really have. You really have. Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Thanks for keeping me aggravated. Anytime. I'm, 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 um, I'm taking credit for your bald spot. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes my blood boil. You know, I think it was Brand. His name was Brandon. Brandon. Brandon Strong. He was. He, he was there taking pictures or whatever. He walked around the building and he got he got uh, nailed for trespassing. Well, that is the people's house. Yeah, in theory it is. But what his real what his real crime was is that he was thought provoking. He made people understand that you are being played in this duopoly of corruption. That the Democrat is a declaration of a mafia, not a political party. They are the ones that have built the ghettos throughout the big cities that are creators and drew the schematics for the pay-to-play scheme that not only destroys Chicago and New York and New Jersey and anywhere it's tried, but that's the game in so many of our policies. Throughout my... Not that one. Wrong one. Where is it? Another question for you. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016, 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. Now, whether people think they're Democrats or they think they're Republicans, everyone knows what that is. That's a scheme and a scam and a bribery mechanism. You know how many Americans do not want unlimited money in politics who understand that unless K Street is boarded up, Main Street will be? Regardless of party affiliation, the government supremacists cannot afford the American people to think about what's actually happening. And then they'll be aware of exactly what the scheme is when it comes to debt and policy. The interest cost on the debt as a share of our economy remains quite low throughout the 10-year horizon of the president's budget. Poppycock. They're just trying to pay themselves and bankrupt you. And that is the scheme. They can't afford for people to think. There are still people in Chicago who think they're Democrats and don't realize they're just supporting different mafia members. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, here's the first question. How, the, how old is Janet Yellows? Is she 190 years old? or? I think Tyrone Power uh, uh, took her to prom. That's how old I think she is. But I can yeah, tell you I this. Right. Her husband oh. hates Saturdays. And hopes to God she isn't in the mood. Thank you, Robert and Bloomingdale. Joe and Palatine. Hi, Sean. I wanna. I know I'm reiterating what I do every time I call you, but thank you so much, man, for everything you and your staff do. Oh, and Amy and John Anthony and, and Dan, uh, you guys keep us all focused. Hello, Robert and Bloomingdale. I happen to know him. We love you. And um, just, I want everybody to listen very clearly. Keep your faith, because all these bastards are going to go down in smoke, just like Madigan and just like Burke. When you take their power away, they go 
and tuck their tails in, and they go out in shame. Yeah. This guy's going to get indicted, and uh, he's going to go Joe. down too. He's 80 years old, brother. He got away with it for 50 years, jumping jacks I know, and strip joints you know on what? our money. I don't like it. I he's agree with you. He's going to answer to somebody, Sean, and you know what? All that money in the world doesn't bring happiness, uh, and as long as they get caught and go yeah. down and smoke, there's a victory there. Yes, so he's going to answer. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I thank you. That. God bless your brother, and uh, stay healthy. Thank you very much. He's going to answer to Odin. 312-642-5600. 81 million votes. My ass. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I see you over there with your Cubs green shirt on. All right, let's all take And everybody be careful on the streets. Remember, there'll be a lot of people drinking in the name of a Roman. John in Garfield Ridge. Hey, Sean, thanks for uh, squeezing me in, bud. Um, okay. Y'all listening to that brand and your guest on there, tell his story. Uh, wow, that was something else, man. It, it shows just how far this country has fallen. And uh, how much work we got to do to get it all back. Uh, and how many of the thankful. citizens keep calling for government supremacy? Yeah, it's incredible. But, hey, we're thankful for people like you uh, every day fighting to get it back uh, on our behalf, man. I appreciate uh, that, Hey, have, your, have yourself a great weekend, man. Uh, hopefully uh, a lot of sun, family, friends, a uh, few cigars, man. Thank you, brother. Uh, you've earned <laughs> thank it. You. You're the best. I, thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. Scott and Sycamore. Scott? Hey, Sean, can you hear me? I can. Go ahead. Ah, yeah, you kind of cut off for a second there. You know, I find it really humorous. Love your show, by the way. But I find it humorous how little the American people pay attention. These bastards that are, are, are so-called politicians, they get in there in a very short period of time, make millions of dollars in all their sleazy little investments and everything, but yet they can't figure out how to put money into Social Security. They can't figure out how to balance the budget. But yes. these jackasses can figure out how to make millions within a couple years of being in public office. And it's pathetic that the American people don't pay attention to it. There's their government horse. It's really amazing. And then we need to track down the pimps, but they go to Hawaii when their banks go bankrupt. It's all a scheme, and what they cannot afford is the people to think. So what we're going to do in honor of uh, Brandon Strock and all of those who are politically persecuted because they still believe in the principles of the Enlightenment and believe in the principles of Americanism, we are going to play tonight's anthem with those people who are in prison from January 6th. This is a culmination of them and the president, Donald Trump, you know, the one that won, not the one that frauded it. Now go right ahead, Squirrel, and everybody have a good, safe weekend. Of the United States of America. 
and to the republic for which it stands. and justice for all. Good, safe weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Stay safe. If you're in Chicago Serpentine, it's dangerous. We'll be back. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.